Welcome to Radio 5G. This is airing August 18th, 2021. I am Nancy Hopkins and Mark Joseph will be with me in the second hour. We are playing two audio tapes this first hour. The first one presents a view of reality from the standpoint of a former sheriff. The second audio presents a possible path forward to restoration of the Republic and the original Constitution. We will see you in an hour. This is a rumble presentation on the Simon Parks station, published August 1st, 2021. Simon is interviewing Sheriff Mack. Um, I've only heard your name, I don't really know the man. And I'm, I'm deeply honored uh, to be able to talk to a sheriff uh, who has really stood up, I think, for what's right. So really, Sheriff, what I'd love you to do is just to explain a bit of background about why you got into the role of sheriff and how perhaps things have changed in the last year. Well, thanks. And thanks again for having me on, Simon. I've heard a lot about you and it's a pleasure to meet you uh, for the first time and at least sort of in person. Um, and I, I would love to come to uh, England and do a show live uh, with you in person sometime. Uh, I've been there only once in my entire life, but uh, I loved it and so did my wife and we would love to come back and spend a little more time some sometime in the near future when when this uh, nonsense uh, with pandemic is uh, finally uh, quelled and, and that the truth is will be guiding our lives again sometime. But uh, that's really a good question. Uh, why am I here? What, what happened in my life that brought me uh, to be on shows all over the world. And, and one of the most uh, prestigious is your show right now. I've heard a lot about you and I've, uh, it's, an, it's an honor to be with you. Uh, but what, I mean, the only thing that ever happened in my life that brought me to some notoriety uh, across America and sometimes across the world, I've been interviewed uh, by Tokyo Broadcast System Network. Uh, I've been interviewed in London a couple of different times, uh, Australia a couple of times. Uh, in fact, it was the ABC in Australia that actually came out to my home in Arizona, uh, the Australian Broadcast Corporation, I think is what it was called. That's why it was ABC. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, so I've definitely had those. Uh, and I've been on every major network in America, even including CNN a few times. Uh, Bless you. I, I, yeah, right, exactly. Um, and there's been a lot of lies about me, but the, the, the only reason is because when I was a sheriff in my hometown of Safford, Arizona, I was Graham, like Graham Cracker, Graham County Sheriff for eight years uh, uh, during the late 80s and uh, through the mid nineties. So I left office uh, January 1st, 1997. Uh, I actually lost my third election. The sheriff is an elected position. I lost yes. my third election. And I can tell you why I lost my third election. And that's what's brought me to you. And 20, 24 years ago, actually 27 years ago, now when I was sheriff, I actually sued the federal government and I launched a major lawsuit and fight uh, against the Clinton administration. Mm. And the reason was is 
twofold. There was two main reasons. They made a, they passed a an act or a bill known as the Brady Bill, and the Brady Bill was a bunch of uh, gun control, and they required uh, by statute or by an act. I, I'm not going to call it a law because a law denotes that it was proper. It was not proper. It it was it was a it, it was a sham. And uh, this was the first time in American history where a, a a bill or an act was promulgated and aimed at the sheriffs of this country to enforce it. And it uh, it threatened, the, people don't believe this because it is so astonishing, but it threatened to arrest all the sheriffs of America if we didn't comply, if we just didn't bow down to the federal government and say, oh, yes, I'll do whatever you say. Thank you. I, I, it, it's a privilege to serve you. No, I don't, I don't work for the federal government. There are proper jurisdictions and there are proper ways to make that sort of thing happen. The only way the federal government could approach me and say, we would like you to, to not me, to sheriffs nationwide. There's 3,080 sheriffs in America. If they wanted us to work for them, they would have to negotiate a contract. And I already had a contract. All uh, many sheriffs already had a contract with the federal government to take uh, the overflow of their prisoners into our jails, and they had to contract with us, and they paid us to take on such uh, inmates for them. They can't just come to me and say, "Okay, now uh, you're going to do what we say," because we just don't have the personnel. And uh, until we get a national incident check by the FBI, you're going to do all the background checks and you're going to pay for it yourself. And we don't care what you say uh, about this. And if you don't do it, we'll arrest you. That's really what they said. And, and anybody can look up the Brady Bill online and they can find that threat of arrest. I show it in all my presentations. I show the threat of arrest so that people know that I'm not making this stuff up because it is so crazy. So anyway, I, I launched a lawsuit, and I filed it February 28, 1994. And then a few weeks later, Sheriff Prince from Montana joined the lawsuit, and five other sheriffs from across the country also joined the lawsuit. So there were seven that did this out of 3,080 sheriffs in America. Uh, and I always wondered where the rest of them were. Why weren't they getting involved in this? And and so. And I do know that there were a few sheriffs, um, one from Nebraska who called me, and he was Sheriff Nixon. And he said, I'm not going to do it. I, I want you to know I'm with you, Sheriff. I'm just not going to do it. I'm not going to comply. So if, if they ever come and arrest me, let you know, I hope you'll come and help me, you know, kind of thing. So anyway, this case actually went all the way to the United States Supreme Court, and we won. Sheriff Prince and I ended up at the Supreme Court in December of 1996. And then the decision came out just barely 24 years ago. And and it was June 27, 1997. So it took three and a half years. And this controversy, this, this really became a huge controversy across America, but also in my hometown uh, where I grew up. And I loved being sheriff. That was my favorite job. But I wasn't going to succumb to the illegal dictates uh, and unconstitutional dictates of the Clinton administration. And I sued him on the issue of overreach. 
and jurisdiction and that they could not tell me what to do. I don't work for them. The people of Grand County hired me to do their bidding. The, the only boss your sheriff has is the people of his county. We, the people, are in charge of saying who works for us at the local level and at the federal level. We, do, we decide. And so if this was the most miraculous case ever. It was the most powerful 10th Amendment. I sued on the 10th Amendment, state right. rights and state sovereignty. Yeah. And it's the most powerful 10th Amendment decision in the history of America. And ever since then, I've been writing books and touring the country. And now I train sheriffs in the oath of office, in the significance of the oath of office, and other public officials, all public officials and police. And I believe that the best de-escalation training we can have is a knowledge of the Constitution and a and a working knowledge of fundamental civil rights. That our responsibility as police officers and sheriffs is to protect liberty, not just make arrests and and make all these numbers and write traffic tickets and get all the drunk drivers off the road and, and put all the drug dealers in prison. Maybe some of that's necessary. I'm not saying it's not, uh, but I will tell you this. We have gotten so far away from the principles of liberty that we hardly recognize uh, what liberty is anymore in America. And I think across the world, and I will tell you this, <clears throat> liberty is for all people of all nations, of all races and all nationalities. Liberty should come first. And I don't care what leader hears me say that. I don't care if it's your prime minister, if you're king and queen, your parliament. I don't care if it's leaders and dictators throughout Latin America or Asia or the Middle East. Liberty for the people and civil rights and human rights comes first. And that's what we should be doing in America. And I believe we should be setting the example that liberty comes first. Okay. And, you know, when you won at the Supreme Court, how did the deep state then move against you? <laughs> Well, first they tried to make it all irrelevant. And the first thing that Clinton did is he had Janet Reno, uh, the, the, the attorney general for the United States, he had her send a, a memo to all uh, chiefs of police and sheriffs in the country. And they said, um, the NRA helped a couple of rogue sheriffs take a case all the way to the Supreme Court. And technically they won but it really changes nothing. And we want all of you just to keep doing what you're doing. Completely contrary to the decision by the Supreme Court. And, and so I also want everyone to know that there were actually five Brady bills scheduled to be passed one year after another. So that five years of the second amendment would have been completely gutted and destroyed. Uh, and, and that's no kidding. You, if you look back at, uh, Brady Bill 2 was actually proposed by a senator from New York State just two weeks after I filed my lawsuit. That was March 14, 1994. Howard Metzenbaum introduced that. And it did not get out of committee, never meet, met to the floor, went to the floor because of our lawsuit. And then after our lawsuit, after three years, uh, three years later, when we won, three and a half years later, uh, Brady Bills 2, 3, 4, and 5 never came up again. So we literally changed the course of history and we we saved the Second Amendment uh, at least until now when it's now being attempted to be destroyed again. But 
we altered American history and it was just two small town sheriffs trying to do their job and, and to keep their oath of office to uphold and defend the constitution. Well, I think that's why, that's why people respect you. I think, I think it's the the, the David and Goliath. It's the small man. Oh, it was definitely the epitome of David versus Goliath. I mean, just a small town Mm -hmm. boy from Arizona, you know, and it was a small County. And so was a sheriff Prince. He, He was from a small, county in uh, Montana. But I will say, uh, they have tried to go after me numerous times. They've, they've pegged me as a, as a domestic terrorist. And, and, I, and I will tell you, Simon, even in the 20 years that I was a, a cop and a sheriff, I never once committed an act of violence against another human being. I never shot anybody. I never beat anybody up. Uh, I never used excessive force against another human being or, or in any of my arrests. I was a school resource officer. I was also a detective and I specialized in crimes against children. And, and, and I'm still astonished that law enforcement throughout the world is not uniting to stop human trafficking and the sexual exploitation of children and the criminal acts that uh, happen against children in this, in this world. And uh, I, it makes me think that there's a lot of subterfuge and a lot of people in high places uh, like Bill Clinton uh, who make this who make this to where we don't we don't unite on this and that we hardly spend any time. We spend a lot of time on uh, supposedly stopping drug abuse in the world. But how much time and effort in law enforcement do we spend to protect our children from human trafficking and and, and sexual exploitation. Uh, it just astonishes me how uh, we're still even talking about such a heinous crime. Well, I think the thing is that you obviously know more than you're going to say on an open line, but we both know that much of law enforcement is actually good. It's good. Yes. But the yes. problem is that after 50 years or so of rubber stamping, the you know the federal government or whoever it is people in office forget their power they forget their responsibility and they forget what they can do and they just want a quiet life so i think the majority of of law enforcement just want the paycheck want the retirement the like the respect and yeah. they'll just do it now there's a small group that are, are evil uh, as just as there is in any other organization yeah of course the reality is that uh, the deep state Uh, I believe, has uh, very cleverly uh, taken over or subverted a range of arms of government. And child trafficking probably brings in more money than drug dealing. I'm afraid you're right. And uh, I will continue to to uh, stand against public corruption. I I think I think Washington, D.C. is so corrupt. And uh, if 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 God doesn't strike Washington D.C. down, then He owes Sodom and Gomorrah an apology. Uh, I I really feel that way. And and you talked about the spirituality of all of this. Uh, it is uh, our uh, responsibility to take care of our fellow man, and especially in law enforcement to protect the most innocent among us. And that's another thing that I really um, have nothing but disdain for in Washington D.C. or all the bureaucrats that go around and abuse citizens. And, and, and it's very similar to the Gestapo of, of Nazi Germany. 
of, of how, and, and I will say when I said innocent, uh, because we, we at the CSPOA, uh, that's the organization I own, Constitutional Sheriffs and Peace Officers Association, CSPOA.org. The reason that, one of the reasons that we started was to stop uh, the imprisonment and incarceration of innocent people uh, in America, but throughout the world. And that, and the people that they really seem to go after are the most innocent among us, and that's uh, the Amish. And the Amish, as you probably well know, uh, don't use technology uh, for anything. And 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 I will say there are different levels of Amish, and some do. Some actually own cars. Some actually own uh, computers and cell phones. But even then, they that's still very rudimentary and rustic, and and you know they don't believe in electricity or blah blah blah. Most of them don't, but there's certain levels. But because sure. I've gotten to know the Amish, I've gotten to know the Amish very well, and I'm not Amish as you very well can see, you know. But but the, the problem is, we defend everyone, and we try to protect everyone uh, from abusive government, and government has been very cruel. Uh, to these people, and they've actually raided some of their food co-ops with SWAT teams uh, in front of their children, and and this has been so uh, exaggerated and so uh, extreme and cruel, and <clears throat> we want government to be more responsible, and we want the IRS uh, to be more responsible, and, and in fact, we don't even want the IRS to exist. Uh, they shouldn't exist. And they're constantly going after American citizens uh, who have not committed crimes. But let me finish with the Amish. I have, I've been involved with dozens of Amish people who have been abused by government. Uh, Vernon Hirschberger in Wisconsin, and most recently, a man by the name of Sam Girod, G-I-R-O-D. And he doesn't mind me talking about him uh, because he got six years in prison because he failed to get permission from the Food and Drug Administration, the FDA, to make a salve, a, just a lotion that, that, that people use on their skin. I still use mine. I, I still have some. I have it right here in my suitcase. And for it, it just helps with lesions and rashes. And, and, and he made a claim that it helped also with skin cancer. Well, so what? I don't care. He never hurt anybody. I don't care what he did. If somebody, if somebody wanted to sue him because his product was improperly uh, advertised, I don't care. That's a, that's between them. That's they handle it. But he got six years in prison, taken away from his family, and I had to look in his wife's eyes because I was trying to help them, and I told him that I was going to do everything to, to make sure he didn't go to prison. Well, he did. And I went, I went throughout the halls of Congress trying to get help from Democrats and Republicans, but mostly Republicans who claim that they support and defend the Constitution. I went to 85 different uh, congressional and senatorial offices in Washington, D.C. I, I, I remember it so vividly because the halls were so long, the, uh, more than an entire block long, these huge offices uh, where uh, all these supposed leaders and public servants uh, have their offices and all their staff. And, you know, you talk about money and you talk about retirements. Uh, that's all they care about. Yep. And it was the Republicans as well as the Democrats. And I totally agree 
with uh, one of the, the subjects that came up on tour, and that is that the Republicans and Democrats are mere wings of the same bird with the same old crap. Uh, because there wasn't a single Republican, and that includes uh, Senator Rand Paul, who was uh, the senator for Sam Gerard in Kentucky. And he wouldn't do anything uh, to help this man. And while he was in court, he wouldn't do anything. And and uh, Mitch McConnell, the other uh, uh, senator from from uh, Kentucky, wouldn't help him either. And uh, uh, Tom Massey, who's supposed to be a real staunch constitutionalist, uh, he wouldn't help anything. And I sat down with his wife and discussed this with her. And I called him, the senator or the congressman and went to his office. Uh, he wasn't there when I went to his office, but I left a message with all his staff. I've called him and called him. Uh, emailed him and nothing, nothing ever happened. And then you, this really perplexed me and it still makes me wonder today. I sent emails to the White House. I sent emails uh, to all these different congressmen. I had dozens of emails and calls into Rand Paul's office. And I spoke with his uh, chief of staff uh, and I spoke face to face with Rand Paul. Well, all of those emails got erased from my from my uh, server. They were all disappeared, all of them from everyone. And I talked to Jason Chaffetz, who was at the time, he's not Congressman anymore. He works for Fox News now. And I, and the word is he's gonna run against Mitt Romney for Senate. Well, I sat down with him for a half an hour in his office. He's He was in charge of oversight. He's supposed to be addressing the cruelty of, of government and when they overreach of government. He never did anything either. And all these people, all they did was just give lip service and did nothing. Democrats, I spoke to a few, um, including Charles uh, Schumer, uh, but no one cared. No one did a thing about this. They don't care if innocent people uh, go to prison in this country. And Washington, D.C., all they care about is filling these prisons up to where we are now uh, the most incarcerating country per capita in the world. And it's all bureaucratic nonsense and corruption. And they should be spending time uh, going after some of these more important crimes that I'm afraid too many of them participate in and that that's why they don't do it. Well, I, I think the fact is that there was no votes in it for any of them. They would, yeah. If it had been a school board or something like that, they would have, they would have been involved. Um, so really what you're saying, you what you're saying to me, Sheriff, is that you have seen with your own eyes the depth of corruption that has yep. for many years uh, grown and grown and yep. now is boiling over the top of the pan. Yep. Um, and I suppose for me, from as a, as a Brit looking in, mm -hmm. uh, the only good thing from this is that now um, so many Americans are being forced to see this and they're being forced to have to make a decision which side of the tracks they're on um, and i will say personally speaking i'm greatly disappointed at at the the slow speed in which you know things are happening and i would obviously clearly like things to happen faster but people <laughs> well, are being... the only time it's fast is when they're making up stuff about covid 19. sure then it's fast <laughs> yeah yeah so I, i'm sure that you know things are moving very slowly in the right direction. But tell me a little bit about swearing in a new sheriff. I mean, how does somebody in America apply to be a sheriff? 
because well, we, that's we don't really, know we don't know in Britain how you do it. Yeah, that's really different. Um, the sheriff is the only elected law enforcement officer uh, in the in the United States. Uh, in every state, the sheriff is is elected. There's a few counties here and there that appoint the sheriff, uh, but that's they they did that uh, just because the sheriff is so independent because he only answers to the people. He has no other boss or supervisor. It's just the people. And that's what makes us a constitutional republic. And the sheriff gets sworn in uh, by a, a judge or some other person, but he, he, he actually does this for the people he works for. And in the name of God, he invokes the name of God. He says he will keep this oath to uphold and defend the United States Constitution. And that oath is actually, you, you brought up the oath, that oath is actually required in Article 6 of the U.S. Constitution. The founding fathers put that oath requirement in the supreme law of the land of America. And he must raise his, he or she must raise his or her right arm and swear an oath of allegiance to the Constitution not to the president, not to the governor, not to some other group or, or committee. It's to the people in the name of God so that we will perpetuate liberty in this country. And what I'm so perplexed about is how many people in public office believe they don't have to keep that oath. They are committing perjury and maybe even worse treason by ignoring or wittingly disobeying their own oath of office. And it is the subject that I've spent a, a great deal of my time uh, addressing now. And we train law enforcement and sheriffs across this country how to keep their oath and to perpetuate liberty, even if it means standing against government bureaucrats that I already mentioned. We should be protecting the Amish from these cruel bureaucrats that are going after them and any other people. It's not just the Amish, but to me, the Amish is one of the stark examples of the cruelty of our own uh, corruption here in the United States. If an organization, no, no matter how far removed from, from federal government, has spent the last 50 years literally working out where the next mailbox is going to be and looking at the neighbor's fence, whether the picket line is three foot this way or three foot that way, and then suddenly to ask them to make decisions which uh, is in their, their remit, but they've never had to. This is where the panic and the fear, and I don't want to get involved. And it was very interesting to look at the situations with the audits in, in certain states in the US, where um, it was quite apparent to, to many people that uh, those who had been elected didn't actually know what they could or couldn't do. They actually didn't know what their rights were. And that just shows how many years the, the deep state have been chipping away. And um, so do, do you think, give us, give us a, you know, give us Brits a, a bit of a clear eye here. Is there a big change in America? Are more people becoming aware of the truth or are there still millions of people asleep? I think for the most part of the majority uh, are still asleep. Yeah. Uh, they, they, drink the Kool-Aid, so to speak. They, they, just, they just trust government. And Thomas Jefferson warned us to never trust anybody in government, that, that the price of liberty is eternal vigilance. 
You know, it's really hard to come to, to the numbers, uh, a percentage of, but I will say this. Um, I am so busy uh, that I cannot even keep up with all of the requests. Uh, and many of those requests come from sheriffs themselves who are now waking up. Right. And I believe that most of them are waking up because the people in their counties are starting to wake up and they contact the sheriff and they say, uh, what are you going to do about uh, the forced vaccination that they keep talking about? What are you going to do if they arrest me for not wearing a, a diaper on my face? What are you going to do if they try to shut our churches down again? Uh, you see, no one in government has the authority to do any of this. And I don't care if it's England. I don't care if it's Timbuktu, Tanzania. I don't care. It's in the United States where I live and where I've grown up. They don't have the authority to do this. I admit liberty is messy for, for tyrants. Liberty is messy for government. It's supposed to be. It's supposed to make it difficult for tyrants uh, and dictators. Uh, to self-appoint them uh, themselves totalitarian power. They don't have that here. And there's no exemption clause and there's no exception to liberty. We're not allowed to destroy individual liberty or civil rights with the excuse of, I'm just taking care of you. This is for your own good. Sure. Uh, you, sh you should be doing what I say because I can take care of you. I know uh, I know uh, we can't take a care of our own budget and I know we can't take care of our own people and we can't police our own police, but you should listen to me anyway, because we know uh, about your health better than you do. Well, that's nonsense. And, and personal health choices are exactly that. It's my personal choice and no one in government has any right or authority to arrest me because I don't make my health choices how you want. And it's obvious that Fauci has been very confused and he's been all over the place on this. He has admitted to lying, but he said it was a good reason because he wanted to save masks for medical per people. Because So he said, you're not gonna have to wear a mask. He actually lied and came back and said, well, that was a lie because I just didn't want, I wanted to make sure that medical personnel could get masks. That's just ridiculous. But he admitted lying. And I'll tell you another lie he told is back about a year ago. And I was watching this very, very closely. I wanted to see what they were doing to us. Um, and, and he was asked at a press conference, well, how long would it take uh, to get a vaccination for this sort of uh, virus? And Fauci said two to 10 years, two yeah. to 10 years. Yeah. And instead, it took about three months. Yeah. And so uh, it, ridiculous for anyone to pretend or assume that this has been properly tested. And yet the entire world governments are telling us that we should do this. Yet three different presidents of three different nations, and, and I know two of them were in Africa. One was in Haiti. Three presidents declined to participate with any of the COVID-19 rules, mandates, or safe safety precautions. Mm. And yet all three of those men ended up dead within just a few weeks of each other. And and I don't think that was an accident. Uh, and, and this is astonishing. 
that this that still we are allowing this sort of thing to take place. Why why all the fewer? Why all the the hate and uh, the disdain for people who won't get vaccinated? And I I, I just don't I'm I'm not following this at all. And every time I try to follow it, it just comes up to more corruption, more corruption, and uh, more dishonesty. And so this is where the sheriffs, I train the sheriffs to stand with the people, to protect the people's rights. And I'm telling you, we have a lot of sheriffs across this country that are really starting to wake up. And I'm, I'm proud to be working with them. Well, that's, that's, that's wonderful. What's the relationship then between, say, um, a marshal and a sheriff? Because I know that the, um, some of the marshals, the U.S. marshals, have been used for law enforcement where the regular cops probably were under the orders of um, you know federal or or other other deep staters so what's do you have any connection with them well there's there's two or three different types of marshals uh in america and there's some state marshals some states don't have marshals at all okay. uh, but some states do uh, but the federal u.s marshals uh i've worked with them in the past uh, but they answer, they still answer to the attorney general of the United States. Uh, so I will tell you, I don't really trust that. I, cause I don't trust the federal government at all, uh, on any of this. Uh, and the U S marshals are usually, uh, uh, after uh, federal fugitives. Uh, and, and the, the bottom line with the federal government in its totality is that they have exceeded their authority as as granted and delegated uh to them uh in the constitution and i think that's really the problem is that they have unchecked power uh unbridled power and that no one is watching the bureaucracies these bureaucrats really are the problem uh and and i i would love i would love to help train and work with federal agents um but they seem to be what i call nuremberg officers and Nuremberg comes right directly from, of course, World War II, where officers of the Nazi regime were put on trial uh, and they gave an excuse that I'm just following orders. And that didn't fly. They were executed anyway for crimes against humanity and, and for the genocide. Nuremberg officers today just, hey, I don't make the law. I just enforce them. I'm just doing what I'm told. As if there is a, an excuse for that morally, there's not. And and we should wake up and know our history. But this whole thing has gotten way out of control. And we need to stand for liberty and protect the civil rights of the people in all of our countries. But, you know, let's start it here in the United States. I would love to see it happen in, in England big time also. But we the, the, these kind of countries, England and America, we should be setting the example as to how to handle the COVID-19 in a responsible, caring, compassionate, and liberty-oriented viewpoint instead of the way they're going about it now. Yeah, I, I mean, my own view is, you know, that the, the whole creation of, of the virus, and I do believe there is a virus. Yeah, I do uh, too. I had it. And I, I, I know that that was primarily designed to to prevent Trump from from winning, we we you know I, I had the 
honor if that's the right word of meeting naval intelligence a year and a half ago now um and this person was quite surprised that i had some information and said have you seen the dossier i said i've not seen the dossier but i've had it explained to me um and it was quite clear that, that the deep state have had a long-term plan to not just control the united states but to remove any opposition and you know right. you think of, of of john f kennedy you can think of 9 11 we can think of all these key pointers where right. um potential opposition to a dictatorship was brutally crushed and i think that we're now in a a new ball game my own view is is more positive i actually think that we're now moving towards uh, a change in who's driving the locomotive and you know oh i hope i pray you're right and, well and you, you must see you must see change well you i must do see oh, change yeah oh i have i have and i've been part of it and and i pray i pray it continues and i'm going i've dedicated my life to that proposition that it is that people are waking up and that there is a light at the tunnel and that we can stop this and we can change it and i and i am heartened by the way what i would call average people have actually got off their the backside as we say in great britain and are actually now wanting to get involved and, and in many ways it looks back to the 1950s where your communities yeah. actually were involved yeah uh, i think that's a great comparison mm. and i think i think this is the civil rights movement of today and i would love to unite with uh, all americans in defending the liberty for each individual in this country uh and and i hope i hope we can do that and and i believe this uh, entirely uh of our mission to keep this peaceful and effective in protecting liberty and if we get to our sheriffs and local officials involved we can take america back and we can restore liberty to america and how do we do that we do it county by county and state by state it's not going to happen in washington dc washington dc is controlled by the deep state it is the deep state it is too corrupt and they don't care about anything except power and money so if we take this state by state uh, county by county and state by state with our sheriffs leading the way with the people standing next to them this movement will be successful it will remain peaceful and we will stop the violence that's going across our country and we will restore civility unity and liberty uh to our country because we start at the local level in our own communities in our own neighborhoods and we and we restore liberty county by county one good constitutional sheriff at a time and by the way uh, we hope that the people of england will join us in this holy cause well I, I think what is interesting is that while the mainstream media show nothing people are sharing from their cell phones the videos and we see both in america and britain and i do have to say other european countries hundreds of thousands of people now demonstrating uh, against the, their governments we've seen that in britain we've seen it in a european country france mm -hmm. uh, we know uh, uh, it happens in the us and i've got and a so, bunch of people in canada trying to get on board with this too now right okay 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 well you know they they've got a leader who's not very good so i'm not surprised at all yeah <laughs> so i i do think there's change coming I think it's a very exciting time. Um, I think it's very difficult and very challenging.
um, and it's very, very frustrating when you know lots of people still refuse to see the real truth. But maybe that's what's going to happen. Maybe people have got to decide for themselves, and maybe it'd never be a hundred percent. Maybe you'd only get fifty, sixty, seventy percent. But maybe the time comes when the the two hands of the clock go to twelve midnight, and there is no more time for people to decide. You have to act now. So I think it's about trying to gather the people now while the hands are not yet at midnight. Yeah. And and I will say that if anybody uh, throughout the world wants to donate to our cause, if they want to become members, we totally invite everyone throughout the world to be part of this holy cause of liberty. Uh, and And we invite everyone to participate however you can. Uh, and so... Let's do it together. Let's do what we can and let's stand firm in this. In this what what, what I'm happy to do is you want to send us a link for your site and then we'll put this on with the video. Um, yeah. And there'll be lots and lots of people who can't physically be with you, but they right. believe, believe in what you're doing. So they'll send a few bucks to help because at least they know that they're doing something positive. So I'm very happy if you want to send me a link and then I can arrange for all that. I think I think uh, Jimmy's already doing that and should have okay. it to you uh, any That's minute. But, uh, it's it's just so everyone knows cspoa.org. That's mm-hmm. where you get all the information. You can make any donation, and we'd invite you to become members of our what we call the posse. And anyone in the world who wants to support the holy cause of liberty, we invite all of you. We, this yeah. is some, this is for all humankind. This is for everyone in the world, and we hope. We hope that everyone will see the necessity of participating with us. Listen, I'm going to wrap it up now. It's the first time that we've met um, in this lifetime. Let me put it to you like that. Uh, (laughs) We share 100% the same values and ideals. We don't disagree on anything. Um, And it's just wonderful because we don't, what do we say in Great Britain? We don't beat around the bush. I don't know what you guys say. But That's good. That's perfect. Because what I want to do is I want people to understand that uh, yes you're a brave man but we can all be brave and and it's no good just one man standing up there saving the town that man needs loads of other guys behind him so that it's not just one person and what i wanted to do was to support your movement support your belief listen god bless to you thanks very much um and i would really do you know look forward to having regular regular talk with you um, and, you know, I think that I'm positive about the future. It's just a very rocky road at the moment. It is. Thank you so much. And uh, amen to what you said. Thank you. Thank you very much. Oh, God bless to you. Thanks for all you, you do. Too. Speak to you soon. Lots of love. Hello there. We have a bit shoot video, 500 trillion lawsuit against federal government and monopolists. It is on, let's see, The Truth Hunter. And the date, when there is, okay, there it is, August 10th, 2021. So here we go. Hello, my name is Scott Workman. I am the founder of Friends of the Original Constitution We are suing the federal government and over 140 monopolists for $500 trillion. 
to take back what they have stolen from us. And additionally, for bribery, treason, fraud, murder, corruption, collusion, conspiracy, pedophilia, sex trafficking, slavery, and kidnapping. For conspiring with the American Medical Association, the CDC, and Big Pharma in extortion, exploitation, and disease racketeering schemes. They've destroyed our health, our freedoms, our liberty, and have stolen our constitutional government. Today, we are exposing the federal government as a fraudulent government that supplanted our constitutional government with a foreign corporation that is masquerading as our government. The top leadership in the federal government are criminals that are conspiring with monopolists in their genocidal plans to overthrow the freedom of all lands, nations, and countries. Friends of the original Constitution is organizing a constitutional convention and court to prosecute the following. All leadership in the federal government, the American Medical Association, the CDC, all pharmaceutical companies, all vaccine companies, big chemical companies, all leadership of Google, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, ABC, CBS, NBC, CNN, Fox, and MSNBC, the 5G networks, the World Health Organization, Bill Gates, George Soros, Bill and Hillary Clinton, the Rockefeller Empire, Anthony Fauci, Big Oil, the Federal Reserve Bank, and many more. You can find the full list of defendants on our complaint and lawsuit. We the people united in majority hold all authority and jurisdiction in this country, and we hereby revoke our consent, revoke our signatures on all contracts, rescind any authority given, and revoke the jurisdiction of the Federal Corporation Fraudulent Crime Organization masquerading as our government. We consent only to be under the jurisdiction of the Constitutional Convention and Court, where our constitutional government will be restored and the defendants in this lawsuit will be tried for their crimes against us. We authorize a first delegate, Judge and General Chairman Scott Workman. We call upon all states to elect delegates for this constitutional convention and court and authorize them to prosecute and judge all matters of the lawsuit to restore our constitutional government according to the Declaration of Restoration dated July 6, 2021, 76-21. We the people's signature on the Declaration of Restoration authorizes everything we are going to accomplish at the Constitutional Convention and Court. Upon our success, everyone in the USA, except the defendants, will receive one or more of the following. $100,000 to every adult. A one-time forgiveness of all your debts. All mortgages, taxes, loans, all debts forgiven. $200,000 to every small business. $500,000 to whistleblowers. 200000 to those who've lost their home or apartment. Millions to large businesses, banks, and private lenders. One million to farms. $100,000 to restaurants and grocery stores. 
one million to doctors, $218,000 to nurses, one million to public and private K-12 schools, 50 million to colleges and universities, non-defendant employees of ABC, CBS, NBC, CNN, Fox, Google, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter will become the new ownership of these companies. Trillions will be given, not loaned, but given to individuals and businesses to turn this economy around and end this criminal reign of tyranny forever. Trillions will be given to those families who've lost loved ones due to the COVID-19 vaccine. Billions will be given to the scientists who develop a reversing agent for the COVID-19 vaccine. And there's more. All leadership in the federal government will be fired. The IRS, income taxes, and property taxes will be permanently eliminated. All authority to govern schools given back to the parents and the states. The Federal Reserve Bank eliminated and its assets transferred to a citizen-owned central bank. A new social safety net, including a new actual health care system. A new seniors retirement program increased to $2,500 per month per person and a college student program funded by our new citizen-owned central bank. A restoration of liberty, our freedoms and the original constitution. We'll amend it to stop any future corruption before it can ever start. Trillions will be allocated to anyone who supports this movement throughout the world. And after we are successful, the amount of 100 times the original donation will be allocated to all donors, funded by We the People's New Central Bank. And this is just a small sampling of what we are going to accomplish at the Constitutional Convention and Court. Check our website for more details. We are doing what James Madison did in 1787. We are calling for a convention of the states or a constitutional convention. But instead of creating a new form of government, we are going to restore the original government and restore the original constitution that was stolen from us by thieves, liars, criminals, monopolists, and wannabe dictators. We don't need a revolution to get this job done. We don't need a declaration of independence. We don't need to gain independence from ourselves. We just need a declaration of restoration, which I've written, declaring our intentions to the world, which I've just done exposing the federal corporation, fraudulent crime organization, masquerading as our government. These thieves, criminals, and liars have deceived us. And it is our intention to peacefully restore our constitutional government according to Article 5 of the original Constitution for the very purposes I'm talking about today. And your signature on the Declaration of Restoration authorizes it. It also authorizes the interim constitutional government, convention and court. And we hereby notify the defendants as follows. You, the defendants, are hereby served with the following cease and desist orders 
and official injunctions to immediately stop the following. Disease exploitation, extortion, and racketeering. Propaganda and false narratives such as the COVID-19 pandemic. Hiding or suppressing the truth. Advertising the effectiveness of vaccines, drugs, and unnatural products. The oppression and suppression of natural remedies. The enforcement of mandates, orders, or laws that force people to do anything unconstitutional, including but not limited to shutdowns, vaccinations, medications, face masks, social distancing, or stay-at-home orders. Liberty, which is freedom of choice, cannot be taken away, only by way of legitimate due process of law as spelled out in the original Constitution. This court orders all health departments closed effective immediately. All positions, all employment are hereby terminated. Trade associations are not allowed to monopolize, dictate, govern, enforce, or act in any way regarding the people's health. A new health care system will be established and based on a keep-you-well system and liberty. It will be a multi-health care system, including but not limited to naturopathic, holistic, homeopathic, quantum frequency, essential oils, chiropractic, allopathic, etc. This court orders full disclosure to patients of the health risks of drugs and vaccines prescribed by the trade association known as the American Medical Association. No one can prohibit or prevent doctors, nurses, or pharmacists from merging their practices with or health insurance industry paying for natural products or services. No one can prohibit or restrict the free exercise of speech, peaceable assembly, religion, or any other rights guaranteed by the Constitution. No one can prohibit or prevent inventions such as hydrogen fuels, natural remedies, organic products, alternative or free energies, etc. This court orders the cease and desist of genetically modified seeds, as well as the use of unnatural chemical pesticides. We order the immediate cease and desist of fluoride being added to the water supplies of this country. We order the immediate cease and desist of any IRS activities. We order all 5G network companies to cease and desist all activity related to 5G. We order the immediate cease and desist of any elections, except resolutions by the states and territories to call for a constitutional convention and court, and to elect delegates, as set forth in chapters 5 and 7 of Scott Workman's book, Map of Thieves. Any attempt by the federal corporation, fraudulent crime organization, masquerading as our government, to issue gag orders, hinder the truth, violate liberty, the Constitution, to threaten the people, the press, or whistleblowers, are of none effect and null and void. Classified documents cannot be excluded in discovery, and any attempt to redact, alter, destroy, or hide the truth from the people will have serious consequences. All documents demanded must be immediately surrendered without redaction by all defendants, no exceptions. 
This court orders that no convicted defendant will receive any benefits from this lawsuit or be able to participate in the incentive programs as listed in the complaint. This court orders that anyone who attempts to suppress, mandate, or legislate against the truth, we the people, this court, this lawsuit, or the Constitutional Convention and court, or who continue on in any unconstitutional activities, will be added to the list of defendants in the complaint and will be subject to all consequences listed in the lawsuit, including but not limited to loss of assets and possessions and employment, and will be prosecuted to the fullest extent, and they will lose their ability to participate in the programs and incentives as listed in the complaint. To all the defendants, due process has now been served on you. This court declares the following. Any form of mass communication, including but not limited to the internet, email, blogs, platforms, news, media, television, radio, print, flyers, word of mouth, rallies, peaceable assemblies, that broadcast the complaint will serve as a notification to the defendants and will be the lawful means of issuance, delivery, and acceptance of the service of process for the Constitutional Convention and Court and all the proceedings there pertaining. We declare your COVID-19 pandemic an illegal racketeering and extortion scheme. You, a criminal organization, a fraudulent corporation that is masquerading as our government and controlled by monopolists, have created a problem for the purpose of solving the problem by extortion. You've coerced the mainstream media to fill us with fear by your propaganda and intimidated people throughout the world that if they don't go along with your mandates, they will lose their lives or their livelihoods. You are an ongoing criminal enterprise that has stolen our constitutional government, our liberty, our health, and our freedoms. We, the people, are reclaiming the trillions of dollars that these criminals have extorted from us, as well as the truth about what really causes disease and what really cures disease. We intend to prosecute them for their crimes. Up until now, we've been playing in their ballpark by their rules. That's the problem. Their ballpark, their rules. That's why nothing has changed and why no movement has gotten anywhere until now. Because when you play by their rules, you are not standing in a constitutional ballpark or jurisdiction. What we've done today is exposed their fraudulent ballpark and revoked their authority and jurisdiction. We're restoring the original ballpark where we the people are its rightful authority. They must now play in our ballpark by our rules. They are now under our authority and our jurisdiction. We the people can do whatever we agree to do at the Constitutional Convention and Court. Your signature on the Declaration of Restoration authorizes it. Go now to friendsoftheoriginalconstitution.org and sign the Declaration of Restoration.
as a citizen of the United States and become a plaintiff in our lawsuit. Discover the benefits that are available to you. Join this cause of liberty. Become a refounder and a co-restorer of our constitutional government. You have everything to gain and a fraudulent government to lose. Tell everyone you know about this movement. The sooner we get enough signatures on the Declaration of Restoration, the sooner we can hold the Constitutional Convention and Court and retrieve our stolen treasure. May God grant us success. Okay, so welcome back to the Radio 5G show. And it is um, August 18th, 2021. You've just heard two tapes, one by Simon Parks with Sheriff Mack, and a second one that was uh, presented by a man by the name of Scott Workman. Now, I'm going to just... I just want you guys to know who Scott is here because when you go to the... Um, it's kind of hard. You know, normally you got an about place and you can find out who the people are. But in this case, um, what they said is that at the bottom of the, of the pages, um, Friends of the Original Constitution is the interim constitutional government. Scott Workman is the non-lawyer representative of we the people in our $500 trillion lawsuit. He is the organizer of and the delegate judge and general counsel chairman chair for the Constitutional Convention and Court, which proposes to prosecute the defendants in our lawsuit and to restore the constitutional government of the CCNC. I'm not sure what that... Oh, constitutional government. Okay, that's that's a constitutional government and cor courts... Uh, uh, constitutional convention and court. Constitutional convention and court. All of this is authorized by we the people of the United States of America, by your signature, our signatures, on the Declaration of Restoration. So um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to turn it over to Mark, and Mark is going to tell you a little bit more about why we're presenting this information on Radio 5G and its connection. Right, Mark? And, of course, I'm Nancy Hopkins, and this is Mark Joseph. I forgot to say that. Yeah, thanks for having me, Nancy. Um, oh, yeah, so initially I, was, I wasn't all gung-ho about the um, her choice of topic as far as uh, Sheriff Mack. I, I've heard Sheriff Mack before, but it's like, okay, what does this have to do with Radio 5G? I'm pretty uh, purist as far as... You know, we're going towards 6G, 7G. That's been around for years uh, in other countries. Like, we should talk about those. But um, she's wanting to connect, uh, Nancy, the, um, you know, the global protests and this momentum, this rhythm, this domino, you know, dominoes effect <clears throat> happening. So, like, with the uh, Friends of the Constitution, um, that, that was a viral thing a couple weeks ago. And um, they do have a Facebook here. What is it? They're They're... We'll get back to it later, but um, no, with the with the sheriff Mac thing. The, so uh, he was quoted talking about in the, in the interview about um, uh, our country has the most incarceration uh, in the world. You know, filling prisons, slave labor camps. Um, so 
that's being extended not just in you know physical prisons uh um that's being extended out to the rest of us so um you know the the blue light from from our uh phones and from grocery stores everywhere else uh street lights um or what else was it the smart grid um so they're slowly building uh, obviously the surveillance network that's happening so and and then giving children access to these technologies when we know the CEOs of um big tech did the complete opposite you know no no technology as a kid so they're slowly constructing this prison and so uh with the sheriff he's giving us some some basic tools now he just gave us as far as practicality like um especially in the west coast where things are california is like the worst thing one of the worst things in the country right now with with um you know having outdone new york city uh with the with the shot mandate thing and so there's a theater here i'll just call them out uh camel california pruneyard their theater they will not have you come in unless you do a negative test or uh show your vax card now a lot of sf is already like that and we see this rollout speeding up and so the sheriff here has given us you know stand with stand with um your local sheriffs he was talking about um working with your local officials county by county state by state uh with sheriffs leading the way and with people standing next next to them um that's the quote that uh, 30 minutes so um his site cspoa.org you know has a bunch of steps you can take um I mean he's got a membership there um let me see the blog uh there's a couple some short videos um uncovering simple actions you can take to help restore liberty in your area uh taking a stand without guns and arrows um let's see what he says here our founding fathers did not delegate courage in their times um and Sheriff Max talking about how we can take a stand uh let me see So we the people need to come together with the power of the constitution we can take back our country peacefully. Um of course you got the membership I mean, for 11 bucks a month it's interesting to check it out. I mean he's always doing this these public interviews but if he can give you tools like one of the things he's talking about is about your sheriff. And so quoting that um in the site in February 2016 CSPOA leadership developed a hashtag vet your sheriff as a nonpartisan initiative focused solely on the constitution. The sheriff is the Cleo or chief law um enforcement officer of his or her county as an elected official he or she is the ultimate protector of the people providing checks and balances locally for any state or federal agency that may infringe the natural rights of the people um we believe that these honorable men and women are ready and willing to serve to the best of their ability and want to identify those who have strong constitutional values the sheriff is a citizen first elected by citizens the people and answers only to the people that your sheriff is designed to identify those sheriffs and or candidates we have who have strong constitutional stances within their respective roles of public service so that that actually give, should give you know listeners a lot of um ideas especially when it comes to these mandates uh masks tests and 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 uh, the shots so nancy can see some Yeah, the, the the um I was talking to Derek about this and you know Derek was in um uh the prison systems for 16 years and he's very sort of pays attention to what's happening law-wise and he said that it's absolutely true that 
they're supposed to be elected, he said, but there has been a movement going on for, for a long time to make sheriff's appointees, which, if I'm understanding um, Sheriff Mack, it goes against the Constitution to begin with. And this really is what we're what we're talking about is the fact that the Constitution that we thought we were under, unless you understood that it had been uh, taken away and was really a foreign entity to us, the original Constitution had all sorts of guarantees of the individual's participation in the government. But over the years, they've just trampled on it. Because in their minds, they were using a constitution that's called the Constitution of the United States. But it's all in capitals, which indicates it's a corporate document. So to these people, they don't see the Constitution, the original Constitution, which those of us that took an oath of office, or an oath like I did for to become a military officer, to protect that Constitution... They are talking about another constitution altogether that they just, you know, can change. It's a corporate document. They have no realization of the Constitution of the United States being something uh, that came about because good men fought a battle for freedom and then came together to make the best version of, of government that would be for the people. And so when you got that kind of a situation, you, 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 you have to look at it and realize that this has been ongoing for a long time because there's two constitutions. That's why he's been specifically, uh, Scott Workman, has been specifically referencing that you got the two constitutions. Well, the government's constitution or the <clears throat> corporation's constitution is just a... A document. It wasn't inspired by God. It wasn't inspired by people putting their blood on the on the ground in order to retain <clears throat> and get freedom. And so that's why we have to look at that that concept of the sheriff thing. If you you know find out if your is your sheriff actually appointed, or is your sheriff somebody that is responsible to the to the Constitution of the United States as originally put forth, and are they uh, dedicated to the people? Because he's, he's saying, you know, if, if, if the people aren't behind the, the sheriff, well, then the sheriff doesn't get reelected. But if they're appointing him, it's another problem. So before you go up to a sheriff thinking, you know, and spouting his responsibilities, make sure that this is a legal sheriff to begin with by the original Constitution of the United States. Does that make sense? I just want to tell people that what you just heard, Sheriff Mack, that is what it's supposed to be. But, like I say, Derek says that there have been a movement to make sheriffs appointed, which is against the Constitution. So I just want people to, you know, don't be surprised if the guy says, I don't give a shit about you. Uh, uh, you know, the governor pointed me. You know, just be aware it could happen. I'm not sure how extensive it is, nor was Derek, but he did say that it was happening. So I just wanted to point that out. Back to you. Yeah, so... Um...
relating that to what uh, Sheriff Mack was talking about, at, at 33, 33 minutes, he was talking about um, he wants to train and work with federal agents, but they seem to be Nuremberg officers. Like during the trials, they had this excuse of, uh, I don't make the law, I just enforce them, uh, just doing what I'm told. And, and um, you know, we know where that kind of led to. And, and we're seeing the same thing worldwide. Uh, but at the same time, we're, we have, you know, like Anelia Benz talks about that split, you know, um, and, and seeing two movies. So, and going back to what Barbara Manessa was talking about last year with, with, with um, you know, not really needing to educate or not educating, but like um, your vibe tribe, like work with the people that can expand um, the energy, the resonance. And so taking it from like the foundational, you could say, or a higher aspect that because it's all resonance anyway, then those who, you know, it's the, it's the gravity. I mean, since we're working with source anyway, um, they'll just get pulled into that. Um, <clears throat> so it's a quality over quantity thing for me. But no, uh, I was going over his uh, um, maxim, cspoa.org, um, Patriots Network, and um, let's see what other highlights he had here. No, it was a good thing of, of <clears throat> decentralization starts locally. And so that's what we're going up against. To me, it's uh, centralizers versus you know decentralization, which, again, open source, again, source connection, working with that. And I, I like Catherine Fitz's take in, in, in um, how she defines these things because there's always something in the um, centralizers process. And, and as they're going through things, there's always something that stops them in the tracks, and they can, it's always unpredictable, and they can never explain it. And, like, what is that? So, no, we know what that is, and there are hidden laws of nature you can access um, to work with that. So, you know, we have the Children's Health Defense Fund thing here with, with um, their victories and updates. I mean, it's every week now. Um, and actually, even this week, let me see if I can open this up, or today. Um, so, you have all these mandates in California going crazier than any state. Um, I don't know why it's not opening here, but it's basically the Alameda County firefighters are not going to go along with these mandates. Here we go. Um, Alameda County firefighters, local 55, uh, press release for immediate release, um, <clears throat> August 13, 2021. Um, and this was from the Twitter of recall Gavin Newsom and audit California, um, Alameda County firefighters union has come out in opposition to mandatory COVID vaccinations in solidarity with Sacramento area firefighters. And um, uh, I, I think that's their Twitter. So the Twitter is uh, Recall Gavin Newsom and Audit California at second for first. So it would be um, 2ND4 and then the number one ST if you want to find them on Twitter um, to support <clears throat> and add them. But um, yeah, we got to encounter victories and share them with people like this isn't a hopeless cause and the other thing too with with these uh you know when you get num polls government <clears throat> mockingbird media news sharing uh, the numbers of those who got the shots now i gotta find it but um i'll start looking for when, when nancy starts covering things that the actual people who got shots in the country is way less it's like Anyway, I'll, I'll find a document and read it. But, yeah, they're lying to you about the numbers. 
Um, I mean, over here in the West Coast, you know, Silicon Valley, I just assume most people got their shots, but um, there's a pretty strong number, you know, qualitatively that uh, is making noise. Even when they had the Walk Away California, um, Golden Gate Bridge, uh, what do you call it, um, rallying protests, there were a lot of people. You know, um, Antifa did show up, but it wasn't that much of a problem. I mean, they even had video of it on their Facebook page. So, um, I'm hitting a stumbling block here, Nancy. You want to comment on any of that? Sure. Um, what we've got happening here is we've got different organizations. I'm going to just point out that Derek is really interesting in that he is able to kind of like look at something and see if it's got a path. It's not like he goes down the future and, you know, can predict the future sort of thing. It's like he, he can look, you know, in a relatively, you know, a few weeks out, a few months out, in some cases a couple of years out. And he was the first one that said to me, this situation is going to go on for two and a half years. When it, when Trump lost the, well, when Trump the election was stolen by Trump and, and the pandemic thing was, you know, seemingly under control, but he says, no, he says, this is going to go on. And for two and a half years, and I'm like, oh no, this is this is terrible. I don't want to go on for the two and a half years. But it turns out that he was a lot more right than I was. I thought, you know, okay, give it a few weeks. You know, no, he's he's more right because we keep getting deeper and deeper and deeper into very strange. How would we put it? It it it, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, if you look at what they're doing, it doesn't make any sense unless you think in terms of they're trying to destroy the country. If you understand they're trying to destroy the country, then everything makes sense. But if you can't go there in your mind because the only thing you're looking at is mainstream media and mainstream media isn't telling the people the truth. You know, you, you talk to people about... I mean, I'm afraid to talk to any of them because they're so brain warped but you know i said to a friend of mine well so are you happy with biden and they were like oh yes yes very happy yes but well he does a couple of things that you know i don't how could you be happy with biden the man is tanking the country nothing about the country is being run under the constitution instead of the congress you understand the congress is supposed to make the laws the president is supposed to execute those laws. And instead, you've got a president, supposed, that is writing, dictating this, this, and this, and this, and this, and this, and it goes out as law, but the Congress has not said a damn thing about it. So it's not even running right. This doesn't make any sense unless you're trying to tank the, the entire country. So if we're in this in this situation where those of us that are watching the alternative information sources, we can see clearly they're trying to destroy the country. This is like Nazi Germany all over again. And I was, I'm a student of that. And I got to tell you, when, when I was looking at it, I'm going to myself, how could these people have let this happen? How could the German people have possibly let this happen? Because when the German people 
prior to to the Nazi takeover, they had all the same rights we do. They had the same rights, and boom, they were gone in a flash, just like what's happened here. They went after the religion. They went after our ability to, to communicate with people by all the censoring. They stole the election, and, you know, we just went through uh, the elections, uh, what is it called, cyber symposium, I think it was called, and it's about Mike Lindell from My Pillows putting together a group of people who are presenting, a group of very, very certified people presenting the database saying that the election was stolen. There is no way that sane people can look at that information and say, oh, no, no, it was, it was the best election we've ever had, which is what the, you know, the Democratic Party is telling us. No, it, is, it, it, it was stolen. And if you listen to the cyber symposium, and i got to tell you, I couldn't get it. I couldn't get onto it live. You can go in there. There are now videos of it. But I couldn't get it because the, the websites were, were j either jammed or being attacked. So I couldn't look at it while it was happening. And I'm sure there was a lot of other people in the same boat. But what you've got happening is you've got an election that they've got enough data to prove that it was fake and stolen. But nobody's paying attention to it because they don't have to. Because there's, you know, I remember Austin Fitz saying that she was in a, she was the uh, assistant uh director of HUD, I believe that was her position, but she was in a uh, meeting, and the guy that was her essentially boss is going on about this, 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 and this, and she said to him, you do realize that what you're talking about is illegal, and he looked at her and he, with disdain and said, I don't care. <laughs> he didn't care that it was illegal. They have not cared that any of the things they're doing is illegal because there's been no repercussions. They have taken out all of the safety nets. If, if the Congress is too powerful, the president can veto. If the president, but the president doesn't have a right to do anything except what laws are supposed to be enacted by the Congress, and that includes the House and the Senate. Then if the House and the, the president are at odds with one another, You've got the the uh, Supreme Court people there to look at what the issues are and compare it to what the interpretation of the Constitution is, and they're they're doing so many bizarre things that you know you go like, wait a minute, if they had made decisions prior to the election, they would have hindered the ability for this fake election to have occurred, but they didn't. They just said, no, we're not going to look at it. They, in my opinion, forsake, forsake, forsaken, they, they made it, they were not following the Constitution because they just decided not to, not to get into this stuff. Well, damn it, that's your job. So, you know, every time you turn around, there's a, there's a, there's a judge that's doing weird things and there's, Attor uh, district attorneys that are letting people out in the streets. I mean, the whole world is, is upside down. There is no semblance of law and order. But then you sit back and you look at things like the sheriff, you know, 
working with other sheriffs and hopefully other police departments, you know, that, see, any of these activities that people are taking, they may not last, but it is an activity. It's pushing the narrative. It's affecting the super consciousness of humanity. All we need to do is have the good people stand up. And it's getting to a point where if you don't stand up really, really quickly, you know, you're going to lose the whole game because we've seen how far they've gone, how fast they've gone. So I, look at, I, I looked at that um, interview with Simon and the sheriff, and what it meant to me was that this is a guy who is the kind of sheriff that the Constitution was talking about. Somebody who understood that his job is to protect the people, not protect the government, not to protect the corporations. It was the people. So if you, if, if you got more of those individuals, now the fire department people, like as he's saying in California, have come together and said, no, we're not going to do this. The commander of the Marine Corps, the commander of the Marine Corps, said, I am not going to force my troops to take a, inaugurate, a shot that is not approved by the, federal, by the FDA, experimental, and is being, I'm being told to do this by an illegal president. Okay, now this is the commander of the Marine Corps saying illegal president. So there are people within the military that absolutely understand what is happening. Now, how, how, how are they completely organized? Probably not. One of the things that came out in my, my research into the plan was that, um, okay, and the plan actually started back in the 50s. Okay, certain people got together and they said, you know, we got a problem here back in the 50s because it was apparent to people in the know that even though we seemed to have won World War II, we did not. We did not. There was over 20,000 people, uh, SS soldiers, okay, who disappeared. With them, they took probably the equivalent of trillions of dollars now. Uh, Not trillions of dollars. Uh, Yeah, trillions of dollars. That that much money that they had was infiltrated into a lot of governments, a lot of industries. It's a secret, like, very, very much like the Masons. Okay? Um, when I wrote the book Cosmic Reality and I wrote the first book, the John Kennedy Jesus Christ Connection, because it's a two-volume book, that book, when I wrote it, I got into studying the Masons because the Masonic Order in the United States is very, very powerful. The people who are in charge of governments and in charge of businesses, and they came together and they're working in within the Masonic community, let's say. 
within that Masonic community, you have a group of high-level, very powerful people that are using the Masons for power, for control. Those are the people that survived the World War II. Those are the people that you have to look at. Who's in the top echelons of this? And I kept finding this, you know, geez, you know, is this right? And, and, and linked back to the Bohemian Grove. And I mean, everything seemed to be telling me that the fascists, the Nazis, had survived and that they had infiltrated the United States. And a lot of money went into it. And part of this came about because I'm going, okay, they got all these trillions of dollars, but it's dirty money. It's from Nazi Germany. How are they going to clean it up? So I started to kind of like look at what was the, what was the change in the industrial configuration of the United States when at the end of World War II. And I'll tell you, what we really have to look at is the nuclear industry. Because all of a sudden, you've got this industry that nobody really is invested in. Okay, You don't have people already invested in the industry. It's a brand new industry. But it got funded really quickly. There was a tremendous amount of build-out. And so then I'm going like, well, who's doing this? Well, that's when I stumble into the Bechtel Corporation. And the Bechtel Corporation is a... a, a a secret corporation, you can't find out who works for them or essentially what their basic core philosophy is. But they had built 50% of the nuclear world. So I'm going like, well, who are these? You couldn't find out who they were, except when they became government. Somebody left Bechtel and became part of the government. So then I started looking at how many... You know, like the Department of Defense, the head, Rumsfeld, you know, was he associated somehow with the Bechtel Corporation? And sure enough, you start feeling, finding out that a lot of the big government people had originally worked for the Bechtel Corporation. So my feeling was, was that you had this infiltration of Nazi money that was mainly put into the nuclear industry because there wasn't, you weren't, stepping on anybody else's toes so they let you do that while they also infiltrated the Masonic world because the Masonic world is very very powerful okay so when you when you when I looked at it from that standpoint it was like okay I I'm thinking that maybe this is it and I was in the army I was in the army reserves and I knew this guy who was the uh, vice president of uh, American Airlines um, I'm sorry, Eastern Airlines, and he would we, we we would talk about this stuff. What I was discovering is I'm going through all this research, and he was one of these people that you know he he was like every every month yeah we had to have a weekend where we were doing reserve training and stuff, and every you know he says so what'd you learn this week you know, and one day um, hold on, so one day I noticed he had a Masonic ring on. I had never seen it before. And I said, you're a Mason? And he said, yes. And I'm looking at the ring, and it's a 33-degree. And I said, you're a 33-degree Mason? And you've never mentioned this to me? He said, I thought you knew. And I said, if, you were, if I knew that, I wouldn't have told you most of what I said. 
And he looked at me and he he kind of shook his head like, yeah, he probably that would that might have happened. And I said, all right, so let me ask you this: Is it possible that Nazi Germany sent fascist people into the United States, and they have infiltrated not only the the world of industry but the Masonic ranks? Do you have Nazis in your ranks? And he sat there and he put his head down and he thought for quite a long time. And they looked up at me and he said, yes. So this is a vice president of a major airline who's a 33-degree Mason who's just confirmed what I thought. And so what we're dealing with is it's like a, a disease that has come into the United States and is infiltrated our schools, our industries, our churches probably. You know, we don't know the limitation of what these people have done. They learned a tremendous amount when they lost World War II. They, the battle of World War II. They are winning the war. We never stopped, and there was never, there was never, a, a, there was an armistice, but there was never any peace treaty after World War II. Most people don't know that. There was a, a ceasing of, of war, but there was never really any, you know, finalization. The biggest finalization was the Nuremberg Court where they said to those people, they said, I was just taking orders. Well, that's not good enough. And they were hung. So it's very important what they, what he was trying to, you know, put forth, and, and, and also uh, Workman does the same thing, is this concept of, well, I was just taking orders. It doesn't work. We went through the Nuremberg to make sure that it never worked. You're all guilty of crimes against humanity. So, um, yeah, Mark, I'm rambling here, but... <laughs> no, I'm following you. Uh, you're just following, trailing on the... Um, what Sheriff Mack was talking about, the Nuremberg Code thing. Um, and actually, that connects back to... I mean, Reiner Fulmick was is going pretty... You know, he's he's doing great interviews and is, is working with Catherine Fitz and a lot of big names, and they recently had a, a COVID um, summit like a gold standard, uh, you could go to Solari, uh, um, I think it's home.solari.com, and, and they have that. I think it should be on BitChute, too. But, like, all of the big names in Europe, doctors got together and um, hashing this thing out. Um, I'm a regular listener of Mike Adams, and I know some people consider that fear porn, um, but so did, like, how many, not even that long ago with, with um, InfoWars and like, oh, he's being alarmist and all this stuff. And, okay, what do we got now? You know, and, and then here in the West Coast, it's just ramping up. But, you know, counting the good news here, um, let me read. Uh, there was a thing out of SF. Oh, yeah, San Francisco Police Union warns they will resign or retire if forced to get vaccinated. And that's the San Francisco, let me see, um, give me this headline. Uh, San Francisco Deputy Sheriff's Union members, so they do have a Facebook, I should add them, actually, I didn't know, um, San Francisco Deputy Sheriff's Association. So that's really huge news because SF cannot afford to lose any of them, you know. And, and what is the pattern here we've been seeing the past several, I mean, August is a crazy month. Um, 
especially here in the West Coast. But, you know, if you just push back and they do back off, but we can't just do that. We got to be so many steps ahead of them. Um, the, the same thing with, um, you know, these new imperial imperialists and, and corporatization of everything that, you know, it, it's just this, this back and forth tension. I think there was some post about that, that, you know, the, this, this testing ground, but also, um, People should definitely check out. There's this essay called "The Invisible War" in a book called "The Apocalypse Culture," written back in the '80s. You know, and and so the reason is, I think um, uh, part of this essay was helped by uh, Michael Aquino, who um, you know, RB Intelligence, some um, worked on uh, Mind War, Psy War. Uh, Jay Dyer talked about him recently with with the frequency wars thing. Um, but no, this is a frequency war with you know cell phones, Wi-Fi, and tech radiation everywhere. Um, we need to get clear-headed on, on, on using Shungite's morphic field, and then, you know, with that, we can specify what we need to do, bring clarity, inspiration, direction, and life force expansion, and I don't know how long people have been listening to, you know, cosmic reality uh, radio programs, but Shungite has a connection to the spirit of destiny, which we can go over tomorrow, uh, hear that story again, and so we can access that morphic field of it. And, and take it where we need to go. Um, but I guess the, also the positive aspect of this is the CDC, FDA, and then these trusted institutions and authorities, they're being slowly destroyed. And so if we take that perspective that um, this kind of upside down world that we're in, you know, that there's more of a tension release because this is all destroying the old and building the new, that the Buckminster Fuller quote, that, that stop fighting the old system and just build the new one. And so what, with, with uh, Walt Silva, you know, and, and Anelia Benz, where you got the split, don't look back, look forward and start building. So I have that issue too. Uh, I guess balance between uh, hope porn and fear porn. So, um, yeah, just, just counter victories, share them out to people. Uh, Children's Health Defense has good Telegram pages. They did this amazing – actually, no, that was uh, America's Frontline Doctors. But get them on Telegram too, and they have great stuff on how to counter these um, mandates. Um, I, I know like it, it, the stuff that's happening in Europe, like in, in, in Paris, um, UK is starting to come to the more bluer uh, cities. I mean actually even Live Nation, the big – you know, they're like bigger than Ticketmaster or work with them that – by October, they're going to require you to have your Vax card or um, uh, what do you call it? Take a uh, have a negative test. So uh, for me, I bought a ticket for late October, so I got to figure this out. Because we know uh, those tests are pretty screwed up. They got something in them. We know about that. But there is a um, let me look this up here. There is a a uh, saliva test you can you can use. Uh, where is it? But um, Kath, I got it from Catherine Fitz. This um, the problem is it's like over over a hundred bucks. Um, and I guess I'll have to find it later. But there is a saliva test. I think Mercola. Okay, here it is. So uh, COVID nineteen test kit, the first FDA EUA authorized saliva test. This is vaulthealth.com slash COVID slash consumer. Uh, we've teamed up with Infinity Biologics and Spectrum Solutions to offer saliva testing in your home for the novel coronavirus SARS-CoV-2, the virus that causes COVID-19. 
So that's cool, you know, to have that if you're traveling. But the problem is it's like 120 bucks. Um, but that is an option. Let people know. I uh, got that through Catherine Fitz's. Um, she, if you subscribe, she has a, a forum and then working on putting together like in-person local meetups. Uh, so again, back with the decentralization, I know these protests are, are fun to do and, and go out there, but I like uh, Fitz's take of get into a local bank, a credit union. She was saying like, of all the people in January 6th that went to DC, if they all went to local banks, like legit banks, credit unions, that would have been a bigger revolution than what they did there. And, and, and you know, because Fitz does a money market report and Q&A every week. And, and she was saying last week that all those people who, who uh, demonstrated UK, Paris, you know, all of these viral videos, if they all changed banks from the centralized banks to more of the local, that would have been a, a bigger um, revolution than anything. So it, it just goes back to the basics, you know, support the local farmer, work locally, like what Sheriff Max is talking about. Um, obviously share these, these, um, positive developments and, and, um, us winning. So yeah, Nancy, you want to, um, uh, chime in on that? Um, <clears throat> yeah, uh, Fitz is amazing because she looks at, at what, what, are, what she calls them the globalist. What, where is their power? Where their power is in that they got our money. So what she's saying is if we take our money away from them and put it into, you know, your local bank, somebody that's not part of the Federal Reserve Program, then you're hurting them. <laughs> I mean, take away their money, follow the money. So there are things like, and, and I'll, I've told this story before, but when I was in, uh, in college, the University of Massachusetts, back in seventy. Was it 70? Yeah. They um, had an interesting situation in that organizers at the university organized people to go march on the Amethyst, Amethyst, uh, Amherst Bank, where the town of Amherst is where the University of Massachusetts was. So all these people, they were at a rally. And you know how many of you in this in this rally have money in the Am Amherst Bank? Oh, they raised their hands, right? And I mean, at that time, I don't know if it was Federal Reserve or what it was, but it was it was the local bank? Most kids had their money in this local bank at the school. So he said, "Okay, so let's all just go down to the bank and take out a dollar." He said that will give them an indication that. We're serious, and we're going to take our money away from that bank if they don't. I don't remember what the issue was. It was over the the Kent State killings, and I'm telling you, I went with this crowd, and I took the walk to the bank with them. But this crowd filled, shut down the the main streets because there were were thousands of them. There was at least probably a, a thousand people in this group. And they went to the bank. By the time they got to the bank, the bank had closed their doors. So flash forward a few years, and I'm with some military people, and I was in a unit called Signal Security. And it was our job to monitor telephones and radars and everything else to find out what kind of information could be found from just telephone conversations. You know, you got to 
a secret project going on, an operation, you're going to attack somebody, and everybody knows you're not supposed to say things, but if you take a little piece from this guy and a little piece from that girl, and then you take them and you put them together, you can basically figure out what it is that's going on. So that's what we do. Well, so the sergeant says to me, you went to the University of Massachusetts, right? And I said, yes. And he said, were you there in 70 when they had, um, uh, you know, the run on the bank? And I said, yeah, I was in the crowd. And he said, well, I was there too. I was there monitoring, monitoring what was happening by all, listening to the conversations over telephones and everything else. He said, we were sent in to monitor what you guys were doing. And he said, and, and you saw the cameras, right? And I said, yeah, the CBS, ABC, and NBC. I saw all three cameras. And he said, there was no film in the cameras, because at that time they had film. There was no film. We took the film away from them. Okay, so, I mean, that was my wake-up call to how organized the opposition was way back then. Because... People who didn't live through it don't realize that the entire nation at that moment in time, the universities and colleges all over the nation were closing down in protest to the killings. You know, there were students that were killed by the National Guard at Kent State. And, you know, but again, it, it's, it goes back to what Spitz says. They, that terrified the people, you know, in power. And... So they up their game. Every time we start to wake up, they up their game. They go into more and more. What they've, what they've built around us is really an electronic prison. 5G, and this is why I said in the beginning, you know, don't worry about Shungite saving you from this. I said it's not designed from that standpoint. It's designed for surveillance and control. And if you might be able to protect yourself or your family, but what about everybody else? I said, the only way to stop it is to stop it. And so people started understanding this, and boom, what happens? Well, now we better have a pandemic because they're waking up too damn fast. We'll shut them down. And so they, they pull out this pandemic thing, and it's all bullshit. There is no virus. You know, the virus, this COVID-19 virus has never been isolated. Never been isolated. Now, the idea about a vaccination is you find out what's getting giving you the problem and you essentially create an artificial uh, immune response in, in somebody's body by giving them a little bit of this and your body goes, what the hell is that? And it starts making antibodies against it. That's the basic concept behind a vaccination. This is something totally different. This is talking about having graphene in it. Graphene is on the tips of the, uh, uh, what do they call them, the um, things they put up your nose. Yeah, the uh, PCR test, right? Right, to take the test. Uh, graphene is, is a, a mineral type of thing that gets into your system like tiny little nanoparticles and causes you to be even more susceptible to electromagnetic interference in you. You're now a really powerful antenna. So they switch a, a signal on, and you're going to feel it more than I'm going to feel it because I haven't gotten the vaccination. You know, that, that's just a part and part. I mean, the whole thing is designed as an electronic prison. 
They don't have to take people and put them in, in, a, in a building in a jail. They just built a prison around us all. And that prison is what we're confronting. This is why when you're fighting the battle against masks, you're fighting the battle against 5G. You're saying, we're not going to let you do this. You're not, you're not going to control us. It's a matter of control. Now, we're getting kind of near the end, and I really do want to... Um, I hope I can find this thing. I got so many things up right now. Uh, where is my Robert Kennedy? No. You want me to get into stuff? Uh, yeah. Try to find it. Yeah. Well, I want, what I want to do is um, talk about the lawsuit um, from Bobby Kennedy. Why don't okay. I? But while you're looking for that, so real quick, another thing people can do aside from going to a local bank that could take time is using cash as much as you can. There's a hashtag uh, Cash Fridays. So if you go to home.solari.com slash cash dash Friday, um, there's a thing that even Cliff High's group is doing also, um, using cash every Friday or as much as you can if you can go further. Why cash? Because in order to have a full digital monetary system with complete central control, the circulation of paper currency has to end. And they do have a video that um, a video of a, of a Bank of International Settlement General, Augustin Karstens, saying that we, we will have the technology to enforce these digital, um, basic di digital credit scores, and and it's it's nice to see a video of, of somebody that high admitting it, um, you know the might is right kind of thing. So, um, uh, reading Cash Friday said we've heard of, there's a coin shortage. Um, some are saying that the Fed has stopped printing paper currency. That can't be confirmed, but it doesn't really matter. We know the game. To slow the strain down, we can keep paper currencies and coins circulating. This is a very easy thing to do for all of us. So check out the article. Um, she also has one in, in Solari, how to find a local bank, like where would Jesus bank? My bank, how do I find a great local bank? Um, so just a lot of really easy resources. If you don't have time to do these things, send the links out. Telegram, Gab, you know, I just got banned on Facebook for 30 days for posting about the false PCR test, which Kaiser is still using. I mean, now I, I'm browsing through Twitter, and then you got these um, L.A. students out of its high school, but they're standing in crazy long lines. Um, yeah, L.A. high school students waiting to show proof of negative COVID test to enter the campus. New safety protocols for the fall semester. So that's this week. I mean... Yeah, so, I mean, we've got um, here in the West Coast rallies happening in um, Kaiser Hospitals, State Capitol, a bunch this week. So get out there and share those flyers. Nancy? Yeah, because people aren't going to hear about that on mainstream media. Oh, by the way, there's going to be a rally to protest, blah, blah, blah. No, you have to go and do your homework um, and then share it. Understand that this is not just. This is time critical. They've they they're they're just pushing everything, pushing everything, pushing everything. And people, if you don't stand up, if you don't start getting involved in this, it's it game over. Uh, you know. Um. But 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 we've got a lot of things that are positive, and one of them, and I want to make sure that we cover this, is the um, Children's Health Defense Fund. I'm gonna. They just want a big court case, and it has a lot to do with 5G. I'm just gonna read this. The U.S. Court of Appeals for the D.C. Circuit published its decision August 13th, 
the court ruled that the FCC failed to consider the non-cancer evidence regarding adverse health effects of wireless technology when it decided that its 1996 radio frequency emissions guidelines protect the public health. Now remember, 1996, you're talking about 3G, 2G, 3G. You're not talking about even 4G, okay? This is way back. It might be, yeah, I think, I think they would have had the, the 3G out by then. Okay, the court's judgment states, the case be remanded to the commission to provide a reasonable explanation for its determination that its guidelines adequately protect against harmful effects of exposures to radio frequency radiation. How could they possibly do that? Because they're using standards that were 1996 standards, not what's happening now with the upping of the electromagnetic field all over the world. So, you know, okay, so the CHD chairman and attorney, who was Robert Kennedy, said, the court's decision exposes the FCC and FDA as captive agencies that have abandoned their duty to protect public health in favor of a single-minded crusade to increase telecommute telecom industry profits. CHD, the CHDs, and that's Children's Health Defense, case was consolidated with another similar case that was filed by the Environmental Health Trust, another very good website, Environmental Health Trust. The organizations filed joint briefs in the case. CHD's lead attorney in the case, Scott McCullough, a telecommunications and administrative law attorney who represented the petitioners in the hearing said, this is a historic win. The FCC will have to reopen the proceedings and for the first time meaningfully and responsibly confront the vast amount of scientific and medical evidence. They gave them like 11,000 pages of evidence (laughs) showing the current guidelines do not adequately protect health and the environment. The court's decision continued to say the FCC completely failed to acknowledge, let alone respond to, comments concerning the impact of RF radiation on the environment. The record contains substantive substantive evidence of potential environmental harms. Okay, so uh, the attorney uh, takeover, the director of 5G and Wireless Harmless Project for CHD said, The FCC will finally have to recognize the immense suffering by millions of people who have already been harmed by the FCC's and FDA's unprecedented failure to protect public health. Finally, the truth is out. I am hopeful that following this decision, the FCC will do the right thing and halt any further development of 5G. Now, I could go on and talk a little bit more about that, but I think you get the gist of it. There has been a legal court finding that what we've been fighting against is you can't be going back to 1996 standards when you've got the uh, uh, insurance agencies all over the world saying we will not cover health concerns from EMF because they know that EMF is doing damage to the point that you know even Lloyd's of London the number one most will take most risk 
you, you if, if you're damaged by this, there is no insurance company that's going health insurance company that's going to pay for it. That's just a fact. So you know, I mean, it, it's one of those ridiculous things that at least finally, a group of judges said, no, this doesn't make any sense. And it's a very important case. And what we have to do is realize that one of the founding fathers, I think it was Hamilton, said, you know, we're building a government, a document, the Constitution, that's based on the goodwill of men. You know, so we have got to believe, and I've said this from the get-go, is that there are people that, you know, are, are in it, they understand it, they just, you know, it's like the guy that said to to Austin Fitz, I don't care if it's illegal. There's those kind of people. They're in it for reasons that the most of us wouldn't even understand. I certainly don't. So we, we've just got to look at the, what the good things are. We've got to see what little things that we can do to make a difference. But more importantly than anything, we have got to get our minds in this. You know, don't focus on, on the negative stuff. Don't focus on all that stuff that's scary. Focus on the fact that we've got this one guy there out there with people who's saying we can we can go with the Tenth Amendment of the United States, which says that if the federal government is out, is, is doing things that supposedly the states it's the states' rights by the Constitution, then the states have to stand up to the federal government and say, hey. This, you don't have the right to say this. You don't have the right to come in here and tell us how to run our elections. You don't have the right to come in here and force people to wear masks, to, to you know, show... You don't have those rights by the Constitution. If the state does not do anything, then it's not only given the Tenth Amendment doesn't only give the right to the people to take it over, it basically gives the responsibility to the people. This is your government. If it is going bonkers, you've got the rights to stand up and do something about it. And so the fact that nobody has has had a second constitutional convention and a court to try all these people doesn't mean it's not legal. It is legal. It is required by the Constitution that if if everything is hitting the fan, well then, hey, listen, you people have got to stand up. That's why the Second Amendment is so important, because it just doesn't give you the right to own a weapon. It gives you the responsibility to own a weapon in case this happens to you, that the federal government, that the state governments are going to take control. Remember, these are the same people that had fought a war against Great Britain. They understood the dangers. So, um, Mark, I I hope we gave people here, uh, you know, an idea of why why we talked about the let the sheriff talk about the sheriffs because it the constitution is an amazing document and there are good people out there it's based on the goodwill we've got to be able to give these people the excuse to do the right thing and that's by going and talking to them getting in the streets and their faces say look at you've got to do your job represent us the way that you should by the constitution and what is god's law what is morally right throwing it back to you 
Yeah, so with that um, Alameda Firefighters um, press release, there's also a Sacramento and um, Anaheim one. Um, it's also at that same Twitter account of at second for first. Also, um, it's called Recall Gavin Newsom in Audit California. And following, of course, the uh, contra- <clears throat> uh, contradictions of, of the whole vax thing, you know, the more people mask up and, and going back to lockdown, the more things are getting worse health-wise. So um, that's just building up exponentially. Um, but we, um, have as far to, as lo- we, we have to say goodbye here. We're at the end of the hour. <laughs> okay. Yeah, thank you, Nancy. It was fun. I'm sure we can keep going. But uh, Yeah, we could, keep going. we could keep going yeah. on. But um, so... We thank you all for listening, and um, you know, just just be, feel good about what's happening. We're going to get through this. Appreciate you all. Be safe.